She's Inspirational, and this is the She's Inspirational podcast. I'm your host, Julia Stralau. We will be kicking off this year's podcast series with an extremely inspirational woman, Karen Hathaway. Karen is a female powerhouse and serial entrepreneur who overcame personal hardships to own seven businesses, including the award-winning Blue Canoe Restaurant. A survivor, she advocates for women's empowerment and fundraises for local causes. She's raised significant funds for individuals and charities, hosted cultural events to celebrate Māori heritage, and is a qualified life coach. Karen's resilience and dedication have been recognized with numerous awards, including the most recent Inspirational Woman Entrepreneurial Woman Award. Welcome, Karen. It is an honor to have you on the first show of the season. Tinakoto, tinakoto, tinakoto katoa. Ko kurahapu toku waka, ko natikuri toku iwi, ko tahuna aho. Uh, ko Mihana Tuku Fano, uh, Ko Karen Hathaway Tuku Ino. Kiora beautiful Waihine Tour. My goodness, I feel so, so honored to come on your very first show for 2024. What a fabulous invitation. Thank you so much, Julia. I feel very honored and um, delighted to, to call it all with you today. Oh, wow. I don't know where to start. As I researched you for questions for this series, there were so many news articles about you online and the stuff that you've done. And I just got more and more excited and nervous. And I'm still excited and nervous about having you on the show. Regarding entrepreneurship, which is where I'd like to start, and building a business portfolio like yours, because I know there's a lot of budding entrepreneurs out there, I would be most interested to ask where did you start and how did you get to where you are now? Goodness me, what a question. Um, where did I start? Um, I, I think I actually started the day I was born, LOL. <laughs> I was adopted, so I was kind of, I kind of think I was negotiating um, the day I was born. Adoptions back in the 60s were pretty loose, and so when parents were looking for a baby back then, it was pretty easy to get one. And to be honest, brown ones were on sale. <laughs> and often the last ones to be chosen. It's a true story, Julia, seriously. I was adopted out at eight weeks old, so I was driving and feeding myself already. <laughs> I was lucky I was chosen by some loving parents and, and lived in that Pākehā environment. I didn't, you know, I guess I didn't have a fairy tale upbringing as a child. My oldest stepbrother was a predator. And so I lived in hell from the age of five, and I was learning at five the real world Um and it shouldn't have it shouldn't have had to happen that way, but it did. I spent most of my growing up years in a little town called Gore, uh, spelt G O double R double R E, and uh, ended up being an apprentice hairdresser trained by an amazing woman called Carol Corcoran. Uh, she taught me a lot about standards, and she was tough, but an incredible boss and. After finishing my apprenticeship, I ended up going into a partnership in the business at 23 years old. So, da-da, that was my first taste of business. 
And I remember I was annoyed that I had to pay this crazy thing called tax to the government. And when I had worked so hard doing this tiny little profit in my hair salon, and that was when I realized, welcome to business. <laughs> so nearly, oh gosh, nearly 38 years later, and do not do the math, please, Julia. I'm here with stories galore. Funny enough, my first restaurant was back in the Auckland days uh, in a little place in Greyland called Zanzibar. So uh, that uh, was my first place. I began my first restaurant. And to get people into the restaurant, because it was tiny, I used to sing jazz um, with a three-piece band of these three gorgeous little 70-year-old gentlemen. So I would start singing. Can you picture this? I would start singing, take your order at the table, then continue singing. I couldn't afford floor staff at the time, just a barman. So I had to cover the floor as a waiter and then sing as well. I'll give you a demo. So it used to be, you know, I'd come up to your table and I'd be singing summertime and the living is easy fish now good afternoon would you like to take an order fish are jumping and the cotton is high so you would like a medium rare steak with some mushrooms on the side your dad is rich now and your mom is good and i'd continue doing that it all not all afternoon and all night to make sure that I could actually get people through the door and begin my first business. So I'm a complete crazy person for hospitality. That's how I got started. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, I've actually got a few questions based on that. But let's start with the singing. Wow, what a hustler you are. Lucky you have a good voice. <laughs> These days, you know, in this saturated business market, people are doing all kinds, people need to do things to stand out. And do you think that doing that added gesture of a side of singing with the order helped you stand out in those early days? I don't know. I think the first time for me, it was definitely um, probably desperation and how do I get bums on seats and let's kind of, you know, because it's Greyland and Auckland, everybody knows it's quite a hustle bustle kind of area for for restaurants and top restaurants. So when you're entering the, the game and you don't have a lot of money, you don't have a lot of experience, you have to pull out everything you've got. And I think that that you're right when you when we refer back to, you know, bring your best game. You know, what is your talent? What is something that you can bring to the table that nobody else has thought about? And I think for me in particular, I was a, a you know a jazz singer for a for a while. And uh so I thought I'll I'll blow it. I'm going to um sing to my customers and and uh, take their order at the same time. And I almost felt like, I'm sure it came from, um, you know, Faulty Towers, Basil Faulty, where he used to sing and he used to dance, he used to do all these things. I'm sure he inspired me in some bizarre way. But it certainly worked. And for me to be able to and end up getting another staff member in. I agree with you. I think bringing that uh, uniqueness to your business, regardless of the industry, is essential. And it keeps you authentic. And I think everybody wants a piece of authentic nowadays. You know, nobody's interested in the 
and the scripted kind of, you know, good afternoon, ma'am. I don't think anybody's interested in that nowadays. I think we want a dose of real. And why not? I think we all need it. I agree. I think we almost crave it deep down in our soul because there's so much contrived stuff out there. The other question I wanted to ask, speaking of entrepreneurship, was you mentioned that you were adopted and some of the greatest entrepreneurial minds of our time, Steve Jobs, Jeff Bezos, were adopted. And I, I wondered if that if you felt that that gave you some kind of drive? I often think about this. This is one of those questions I think you late at night and first thing in the morning. It's kind of what you go to sleep uh, to and it's what you wake up with. It's that It's that question, you know, and, and I often try and uh, search for where where does that lead me to? And I think you're right. I think I think I I look at it as I wanted to be good at something. And it's almost like a proof of purchase and an adoption. So a proof of purchase meaning that, you know, I'll make you proud of me because you adopted me. You gave me a chance. You said you're going to be my family. So it's like a sales agreement almost where I'm going to give back to you and make it worthwhile, make you proud of me. And I do feel like adopted kids do have that thing where um, where we want to prove something. We want to be good at what we do. We want to make our new family proud of us. And I do think that that's probably the drive where we come from. And it's interesting. I didn't realize that uh, Steve Jobs was adopted. Thank you for sharing that. It's actually giving me shivers. It's making me feel I never looked at it that way. I always thought it was the adopted kid uh, wanting to prove worthiness because their parents gave them up, but also looking at as in wanting to prove to their parents who have bought them or adopted them, sorry, worthiness. Yeah, but it is. It's it's like a sales agreement, right? Because, you know, you kind of... I shouldn't say it's not like buying, you know, you, we don't buy kids, but what I'm saying is, is you're right. You, you know, you want that, that, that uh, validation, I guess it is that, that, you know, you made a great choice. I'm worthy. I'm great at it. I'm going to show you how. And, and, uh, and I think that's, that's where the drive initially comes from. And then of course the added, you know, the added traumas I had my, as a child, I think I, I seriously do think I was negotiating at five for my safety. You know, you learn to be very, very quick and very on to survive. And I think any woman that's gone through trauma does understand that and does understand that, that you have to be uh, clever to survive such traumas because if you don't, it can cost you your life. So I think women that have been through trauma are amazing survivors because they have had to negotiate their life, their kids, their future and their families in such a way that it, you know, as if their life depended on it. And I think that is, that is why we're seeing so many incredible women. And I look at you, Joy, you know, surviving the trauma and the violence and the rubbish to get on top of it and then show this is what life can be. And thank you so much for sharing that um, and being so vulnerable. I didn't actually put any questions in. Obviously, I knew that that was something horrible that you'd experienced in your childhood, but I didn't want to 
force you to talk about it if you didn't feel comfortable. But now that you have, like, wow, dealing with that trauma and that sense of unworthiness of being adopted and then having that experience in your adopted home, how difficult was it to overcome that and believe in yourself again? You can go to the best counsellors, you can go to the best psychologists, you can go to the best groups and support groups and listen they are so important and that is part of the journey of healing and as as people as women we come together to to afi and maori we call it or or surround and love and support each other as we go through life and and of course you know we have this trauma that we're drawn together by and, and try and inspire each other with I believe that there is, it's either a yes or a no. For me, that's how it worked. It's either you want to survive this and, and get above this, then yes. If if you can't do it or you're not ready to do it, then it, it will stay there or you will stay there. So it's a, it's a decision you have to make. And it is like a yes or a no. And you have to make that decision before anything else can follow in behind it. And I, I really feel strongly about that. And I I think I shared at the Inspirational Awards uh, that my decision was at nine. I made a decision at nine years old that I would not have this perpetrator any longer in my life threatening to kill me, abusing me, hurting me. Um, so at nine, I stood up to a, a grown man. And I think that's what it takes sometimes is that that decision. It's almost like black and white, even though I know it's not. And I know there are many factors that, that and environments that this sometimes is, is very hard to even choose because there are other people involved making that decision e.g. such as children so so I understand it's different for everybody else but for me at nine it was very much no I'm not doing this anymore and I stood up to my my uh, perpetrator so and then after that of course I had the most incredible conversation supports people I trusted that through my journey now I, I realised that they were really integral to where I was going to and to be able to survive and get through. So, yeah, so the, for me it's a decision-making process and I believe it is about making that first and then from that decision other environments will be introduced to be able to support your decision-making process. I think that was a really good insight. No, it makes sense because at, at its core healing lies the first step lies within us to make the choice that we're we're ready to heal well that's what I took out of it when you said yes or no either I'm going to stay here and be stuck or I'm going to say yes I'm moving forward and a lot of other women I've spoken to have said something along those similar lines and I am now going to bring us back to your entrepreneurial journey I'd love to know a little bit more about that so for our listeners, fast forward to current day and Karen's restaurant, Blue Canoe, 
which she has just sold, but we will get to that later. But Blue Canoe, for those who don't know Queenstown, is one of the hottest dining spots in the town. I've wanted to eat there numerous times and never been able to get a table. (laughs) It's one of those places. I was reading an article in Stuff when I was researching Karen, and it said that you still participate in the cleaning between December and January. And I wanted to know how, how do you stay grounded? Is it the control freak in you or like... (laughs) you've got to stay grounded when you grow wings so you know flying is fun but you have to come and land sometimes and I think my mother used to say to me I'm always going to say this to you my mother my mother but my mother used to say don't ask anyone to do something that you wouldn't do yourself isn't that a great saying and she brings out these gems my mother you know passed away bless her soul um 36 years ago and uh, she comes through all the time and and uh, I can hear her talking to me and it's lovely and she she did say that don't ask anyone to do something that you would not do yourself and I love that saying I think it's such a, a great saying for a lot of things so thus cleaning restaurants pottering around chatting to the cleaners making a coffee for staff keeps everything real when you don't keep things real you lose I think you lose touch with yourself I think you lose touch with your people I think you lose touch with your community and you lose touch with the vision and I really love the fact that I would I could go in and I could you know get the cloth and I'd be chatting way there making coffee and you're just hearing the conversations of what's going on is it hard out there at the moment where is staff sleeping? What you know? How much money do you have? You know, at the end of the day, to go and feed your fano. You know, these are the questions you're actually really hearing when you're having those conversations. I think you, if you lose the vision to see, and and see um, what's actually really happening, and see what's next, and see who needs help, and able to gain the real narrative and perspective, you have you have to be able to see and I guess cleaning is one of my quirky little and I am a clean freak anyway so that that helps the you know I, I you know the the terrible I'm walking around the place with a cloth in my hand I drive people nuts but I think that gives me that set way to be able to have the other conversations which are I think, really important. So now I alluded to the fact that you just sold your award-winning restaurant, Blue Canoe. So I'd love to know the inside scoop on this decision and what is next for our serial entrepreneur? Yeah, it was was hard. It took a lot of thought and and consideration and it was a bye-bye Blue Canoe moment for me. You know, you're all grown up now because I look at my restaurants as children. I never had kids. So every time I had a restaurant or I gave gave birth to a concept in a restaurant, I would gain 35 kids. So so for me, I didn't have time to have kids. I had 35 in that restaurant, 35 in that restaurant. You know, so so for nearly 10 years of being Blue Canoe's mum, it was time. I'd introduced a different style to Queenstown. It was Māori, it was Pacifica, it was Asian. So it was different. It challenged uh, people's senses and taste buds. It educated the community on diversity and being brown. 
it opened hearts to explore something fun and colourful and don't take yourself so seriously. You know, somehow we get food and wine and all of a sudden it's all very serious. And I'm like going, where did that happen? Sharing food, you know, that was the first time we'd ever seen sharing food in Queenstown or Central Otago. And that was really new. Most of the generations I came from were from boarding schools. So sharing food was definitely not a thing. In fact, it was the opposite. You, can, you can't have my food. <laughs> if you're from a boarding school, you'll identify with this because you wouldn't share your food because you wouldn't get fed to the next morning. So you'd bloom and hoard it. So Blue New challenged all those old uh, beliefs about diversity, about culture, about sharing food, about what are you talking about? So I I feel like it was time to sell and time to look at other opportunities and time to develop uh, something different. It's coming. Uh, I can't actually, funny enough, and I know you're going to be annoyed, you'll just, yeah, but I, I can't say too much about it because I'm still negotiating. But I'm working on something that will benefit community and benefit, obviously, my staff and bring uh, something a little bit different again uh, to to look at in the hospitality trade. It, it won't, unfortunately, be in Queenstown initially, but you never know. You know, first, uh, first things first, I'm, I'm going to go away and develop this idea, but I love Blue Canoe and I think that anybody that hasn't been to Blue Canoe, go to Blue Canoe. You'll love it. It's fun. People have been asking me for the last five months what have I been up to and I said, oh, well, I I had a Christmas and a New Year for the first time properly in 27 years. Well, thank you for sharing that. Uh, for our listeners, Karen just gave us a great way of how to build intrigue about your business venture. <laughs> <laughs> Keeping us all hanging. As you've explained earlier, you came from humble beginnings in the small town of Gore. And now you've gone from that, you've gone from the small town of Gore to being adopted, to suffering abuse to being known as Queenstown's Queen of Hospo. That is what you're known as. And you are the absolute definition of a boss-ass bitch. I love that. (laughs) (laughs) And now I've got a boss-ass bitch on the show. I, I need to ask what your top three pieces of advice for me or any other female entrepreneurs out there looking to start a business because I know there are lots of female entrepreneurs, budding female entrepreneurs out there. So I'm going to take advantage of having a boss ass bitch (laughs) on my show. Oh my God, I love you. I love you. Boy, are you right or are you right? There are so many boss, boss ass bitches out there at the moment. Excuse me. Um, anybody that doesn't like that B word, but but it's kind of said with a lot of mana behind it and love. We're taking it back. We're reclaiming it. Yeah, totally. We are. We're reclaiming that name because it's it's gorgeous because it 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 used to mean something very different and now it means mana, you know. And I see these incredible wahine. And, and and go, wow, look at them flying. Those wings are growing. And I'm loving seeing that. 
Good question. Like, there's a few things I've thought about, and I know you said three, and I think I've got four that are coming into my head already. We'll take four. We'll take four. Hey, you take four. Brilliant. Love you. Number one, this is this is this is kind of like uh, really important to me because I wasn't very good at this, and this is something I want to pass on: is navigate, and that's a great word. Navigate who you fall in love with very carefully, very carefully. I'm telling you now, navigate who you fall in love with very carefully. It can be expensive if you fall in love with the wrong person and it can also be very damaging on your heart and your soul. So make sure they are in alignment with what you want, what you need, what you dream of, and what you love. Do they make you happy? Can you grow wings with this person? Or are they the giant scissors that will chop your wings off? And please, please, please get a prenup. Contracting out agreements. If they love you, they will sign it. If they don't, leave it. It is that simple, people. So that is rule number one. Rule number two, I want our beautiful wahine to be silly. Have fun on the way. It's a one life life. So please live it. I totally rate being silly, laughing, Stop taking on the world head on all the time. It's just makes your head hurt banging walls. I love time out and doing things that make me smile, laugh, giggle till my tummy hurts. We're so caught up in being accomplished and doing well, and there's nothing wrong with that. There is so much of the world not to laugh about, so making time to smile and release is a must. I've been in some pretty sad, bad places I know that that now it's time to have fun and in fact I'm grateful I see sad bad people so I can actually say to them oh honey what you doing what's going on with you today and I will I do say that because I want to know you don't need to be there you don't need to be there it's just a choice it's just a choice it's choose to have fun choose to giggle Choose to to laugh with your girlfriends, laugh with your lover, laugh with your partner, laugh with your colleagues, laugh with your business associates because it takes away the sting. And then all of a sudden the release has happened, you come back and you are ready to take on some big stuff. You're ready to take on a bit of shit because you've got rid of it. Number three, it's good to know what you don't know. really good to know what you don't know. I know what I don't know. So when I'm putting a company or a project together, I know my weaknesses. And so I can get someone in that does know what the top, that topic that I don't know or specializes in it. Never be too proud to say I don't understand or I'm not good at that. It truly is a strength. And in fact, I think it's a superpower to know what you're not good at. And often it's because you're not passionate at it. So if you haven't got the passion for something, don't do it. Get somebody in that's got the passion for it. And I'm surrounded by amazing accountants, amazing lawyers, 
amazing number crunches because it's not my forte. I don't pretend to, you know, do the numbers all the time. I can do basic numbers to understand. But if I really want something fleshed out, I need to be able to get my specialists on board who can turn around and go, yep, this is good. Nope, that's not great. These are the things I'd watch. And I go, yay, because I like doing things like people. I like talking about design. I like talking about concept. And those are my strengths. So understanding it's good to know what you don't know, big one. And number four, lucky number four, even when you ask for only three, is ask the question, are you excited, passionate, or buzzed about something in your life. If you can say yes to something in your life that makes you feel this way, yahoo girl, I'm so bloody happy for you. If you cannot say yes to this question, then you need to sit down and find out where that buzz is and what it is. As Waihine Tour, we need to have something that makes us buzz and gives us a passion. Please, 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 it's Yara the Dragon, it's mystical, it's fun, it's powerful, it's fiery. 2024, baby, is your year, so go and find the buzz, go and find that passionate thing. It doesn't have to be a business, it doesn't have to be making money, it's just it's just something that you go to and you go, I love this, I feel good about this, I want to do this, this makes me complete it makes me excited you have to have something in your world that does that it could be your kids it could be your partner it could be a car it could you be a motorbike it could be art it could be a book it could be whatever but something has to make you passionate about being in this world and if you can't find it then you've to stop and every night you sit down with a piece of paper and you write out what are things that make you smile? And then you'll find it. There'll be lists and lists and lists of things. And all of a sudden, it'll become very apparent to you. And I think that they're the four things for me. I, I, if I was not going to be around, I would want, I would want my, my whanau or my daughters or my wahine tour to understand. So navigate who you fall in love and get a prenup. <laughs> Be silly, have fun on the way, please. It's only one life. It can't be serious all the time. Smile. Uh, number three, it's good to know what you don't know. And if you don't know it, get that specialist in. Number four, ask the question, are you excited, passionate or buzzed about your life? And if you're not, let's go and find something that is. Ta-da! I'm feeling so inspired now, Karen. Thank you for putting so much thought into those. And for the bonus point, uh, as someone who wasted maybe eight years, eight to ten years of my life in bad relationships that clipped my wings, I totally settled. <laughs> <laughs> uh, after one of them, I was like, okay. I think I'm, I think I was like 28, and I was like okay, well, I'm going to tell everybody I'm 24 now because I'm taking those years back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, I love it. Yeah. So I celebrated my 24th birthday when I was 28. <laughs> okay, I'm doing math right now. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm back to my real age now. That's it, you know. 
And bless you, you worked it out at, at eight years. God, I can't tell I'm too embarrassed to say when I worked it out. Jim goes, you know, I wish I had somebody that had said to me, listen, you know, couple of things I want you to remember and those those were the key points I think and, and the first one's super important because not having that right right uh, significant other can be tricky and harmful and 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 all the bad stuff so we want to be able to you know start on the right foot well speaking of bad relationships you've mentioned that you've overcome many hardships to get where you are And that has made you a passionate voice, a passionate advocate for female empowerment. And like myself, and I'm actually noticing a lot of similarities between you and I, we're both clean freaks, we're both control freaks, (laughs) we both like to be busy all the time. And 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 part of me is almost wondering, and we're both advocates for female empowerment, part of me is like, is this potentially because we're both survivors? But I'm going off topic. Yeah, tell me a little bit about your advocacy and your journey there if if you feel comfortable sharing. I kind of call that part of my world or my life then is um, I, I, I sort of always like to put it in chapter form. It sounds weird, but because it, it, it just makes it easier to break down because when, when stuff happens to you, all of a sudden you start losing time because it takes time to get over trauma. It takes time to get over, you know, these adversities in our world and in our lives. It takes time to get over bad relationships. So we lose time and we lose perspective of time. And certainly I've got to the other end and I'm I'm not going to divulge ages because I'm far too vain for that. But I, (laughs) I look at it and I go, God, did all that time pass? doing that or when that happened. So I, time is a really interesting thing for me. So this one was when I, when I kind of think about what, I, what I've gone through, I looked at, uh, there was part of my world which I called hard days, long nights, you know, and I think we've all been there or, or a lot of us have, have experienced that. There were hard days, you still had to get up, you still had to, you know, go and do your job, go and do your work, go and make the money, pay the rent, pay the power bill, blah, blah, blah. And the long nights came from, I'm so tired, I can't sleep. I'm so exhausted, I can't sleep. So the nights became long. And the long, and they were long nights, because all of a sudden, you're exhausted, and you're thinking about your past, and you're worried about your future. So there's a lot of women in New Zealand that worry that way. And I think that's a general how we do it thing for a woman. I feel like we we do put unnecessary pressure on ourselves, but that's our makeup. This is we're nurturers. We're we're built for nurturing and looking after people and and ourselves, you know, and our whanau. So when things don't go to plan, it can be a hard day and it can be a long night. You know, when I was abused at five. And it continued when I until I was nine. I shared my story so it healed me. It helped heal me, and I it, and it promoted conversation, and it gives light inside something that is so dark, and and it gives hope to others that are surviving as well. So that's why, like you, Julia, I choose to share my story and trying to and be as authentic as possible, even though it's hard to hear, so that it does give light um, to other women that are going through such horrendous times and environments. Being an advocate for women is 
as I see it as an as an honor. And I am constantly amazed how resilient women are. And when I hear such incredible stories of survival and determination and sacrifice, it empowers me even more to do more, you know, like yourself, Julia, where where you hear it. And, and even at the Inspirational Women's Awards in Tahuna that you put this amazing event together, you know, we heard it that night, which... I have never probably cried as hard in front of 400 people as I did. And we'll talk about that shortly. But it inspires me daily to make sure that we are looking after our wahine tour. We are looking after our woman. We are making sure that these platforms that we are able to speak on are truthful and they're honest and there's nothing to be ashamed about. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for saying that, which actually segues me into my next question. So you mentioned the Inspirational Woman Awards, which is an event here in Queenstown celebrating the inspirational wahini of Queenstown and New Zealand. And you recently won the Entrepreneurial Woman Award at these awards. And I'd love to know how it feels to be honoured as an entrepreneurial woman. What a night. I mean, congratulations, Julia, on such an inspiring event and evening with the most incredible room full of araha, you know, of love. To see you brought a community together inspired by your vision for me was truly moving. I I had my makeup done that night, uh, before that night, because it was a flash night, you know, and you get you get your makeup done, your hair done. And it was all washed off within five minutes of my um, speech. And and certainly when I heard Julia speaking, listeners that evening, it was it was basically in my handkerchief. My whole makeup had worn off, and it was in my handkerchief and tissues. It was just such an incredible night. Bloody hell! It was a night of sharing. It was celebrating and giving thanks for each other's survival. It was a night that I shared my story to parts of the community that probably had no idea about my background. And thank you, Julia, for that really beautiful platform. Being awarded the Entrepreneur Award for Inspirational Woman was just, for me, mind-blowing. And sometimes when you're so busy making the coffee, you forget to smell it. And in my world, that is quite literal. I feel so honoured and I'm humbled and I feel like it, it's a, a responsibility to be uh, a more critical thinker towards protecting and looking after an empowering woman. And I ask questions when something doesn't sit well. I think it's being available for the things that count and have those tough conversations and have the funny conversations and and support our beautiful waihune in the community. So for me, uh, having such a beautiful award was just a unexpected, but but more so such a, a beautiful um, araha for me to be able to go, yay, let's do this, let's do this more, let's make it something that we can talk and share our stories and also I always believe that through these these amazing places we go to together emotionally we become stronger and we let others that are still there 
you know, still fighting the battle, still trying to survive, we let them hear that voice and say, listen, we're here. When you're ready, we're here. And I think that that's what is so inspiring. And you, you give us that, gorgeous girl. You just give us that. So thank you. Oh, I'm going to cry. Stop it. Ooh. Oh, yeah, me too. Stop it. You're giving me shivers. We need a moment, guys. We need a moment. I've got to get Oh, God. The reason why it gave me shivers is because I think you and I are in that same place where we, we can share and thank you for, and oh God, I'm so grateful for you sharing at, at the event and 100% agree that that's what it takes is for the other women who are not in that. Like imagine if you and I had a woman like you and I. Thank you. And, and for that amazing plug for the event. <laughs> Yeah, so speaking about what you spoke about at the event, which was really powerful, you shared some of your story, which you said you hadn't shared that much until this point. And that's the great thing about the awards is it does, I I try to foster this environment where women do feel safe to share. And one of the things you shared with us is some advice that your mother gave you, which was the acronym of CREAM. And no, it doesn't stand for cash moves everything around me, although that could also be a great acronym for a serial entrepreneur. Do you mind sharing with us? Because just for our listeners, after the awards, when Karen shared this story of her acronym CREAM, heaps of people actually emailed me and told me how great Karen's speech was and asked about that acronym. So that's why I wanted to ask you, Karen, if you minded sharing that great advice that your mother gave you with our listeners. Oh, please. Thank you. Yeah, cream. My mother used to say cream always rises to the top. And and I was kind of laughing when I was thinking about it the other day because a lot of younger listeners will go, what do you mean cream rises from the top? So to explain is that back in the, the old dark days, you used to have to put your milk bottles out uh, to the um, letterbox and the milkman would come around and he'd take your empty bottle of uh, milk and replace it with a, a full bottle of milk. Now, they were glass bottles and then you, you would go and pick up from the uh, letterbox a couple of bottles of milk that were left. Now, there were glass bottles and they always had cream. The cream would separate a little bit and go to the top. And so it was always a saying that the best part, everybody in my family used to kind of like argue for that cream at the top because apparently it was the best bit. I don't actually particularly like that bit, but I did like the saying. (laughs) So I stole the saying, you can have the cream. But my mother used to say, cream always rises to the top, meaning that the the best stuff always rises to the top. So I always treasure that saying, and here's why. How do you get over hurt? C. C is for courage. It takes immense courage to confront our past, our fears and our pain. It takes courage to share our stories, to break the silence and to become an advocate for change. We have the power to transform our experiences into powerful voices that challenge societal norms and fight against injustice inflicted on women and children. Together we can create a world where healing, understanding and empathy flourish. R. R is for resilience. 
As survivors, we possess an extraordinary resilience that not everyone understands. Despite the trauma, we refuse to be defined by the darkness of our past. We have the determination to rise above our pain and to recreate ourselves. Our scars don't make us weak. They make us warriors. Every day we continue to push forward to rebuild our lives and to heal our wounded souls. We are living proof that resilience is a force to be reckoned with. E. E is for empowerment. It is so important to empower ourselves and others to regain the power that was taken from us. We must free ourselves from the chains of self-blame, shame and guilt. We refuse to play the role of victim any longer. By embracing our voices, carving our paths and supporting each other along the way, we can write the narrative of our lives. We can create a future filled with opportunities, joy and freedom. A. A is for action. Just do it. Take action today so that the future can begin. Speak up. Be active. Whether it's in your community or being part of something, make the steps to invite change to make the difference. Help that girlfriend. Help that neighbour. Help that community to be able to take action. And lastly, M. M is for moving forward. Each of us has a unique path to healing. Some of us find solace in therapy, art, writing, opening restaurants, oh God, or connecting with others who have similar experiences. It is critical that we seek the help we need and surround ourselves with a supportive system that uplifts and understands us. Moving forward means letting go of the burdens that no longer serve us. It means embracing forgiveness, not for the sake of the abuser, but for us. It means choosing to prioritize our happiness and well-being above all else. I always think that if we look around, we're not alone. We are survivors, but we're not defined by our past. We are, we are courageous, resilient women, empowered women who will not let trauma hold us back. We are the cream that rises to the top. Oh, I love that so much. <laughs> Yay! It's a cream. Very powerful. Thank you so much, Karen, for sharing that. We're now on to our final question, and what a hoot I've had. <laughs> it's been so great to have you on the show. The final question is you've given us many gifts in this podcast, from your acronym to your extra piece of advice. It's not enough. I want more. So <laughs> for my final question, what is one piece of advice that you've learned on your journey that you could share with listeners as a parting gift? Ooh, 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 ooh. Oh, yeah, no, I've got a goodie, got a goodie. Stop keeping the good stuff for the good stuff. Now, that means... Use the goddamn good plates. Use the good glasses. Take the plastic off the couches and sit in the bloody seats. 
wear the best dress, wear the favourite earrings, put those bloody awesome shoes on today and stop saving them for good. Good is now. So just use the good stuff now. I came from a world where my generation did, and certainly my mother's generation, were very much about, oh, no, you can't. You can only put your good dress on Sunday. That's a Sunday dress, you know. And it's just like, nah, nah, I'm sorry. I'm the other way. I'm like going, I'm going to wear that. I'm going to wear that now. If I want to wear that watching TV, I will. I'll wear that. You know, so I say keep, you know, stop keeping the good stuff for the good stuff. That's my my big advice to everybody. I expect to see everybody in sparkly shoes this afternoon and fluffy dresses. (laughs) Oh, I actually just bought a hot pink gym gear set from True, Carla's Gym, and I've had it in storage, so I'm busting it out now. I'm I'm busting out the pink gym gear. (laughs) That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, and I want you I want you to get you know, get your best crystal out tonight and have a glass of bubbles. It's a great parting piece of advice from Karen listeners. If you've got a bottle of Moa in the fridge that you've been saving, or that wine from like twenty twelve, crack it open. <laughs> crack it open as you listen. Why not? You know, go and fluff your hair up tonight. Put your bloody curlers in. You know, put a bit of lippy on. Have fun. Enjoy the goodness. And if it makes you feel good, keep doing it. Keep doing it. Thank you so much, Karen. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Oh, my God. I've just had such a ball, beautiful girl. And, you know, thank you for allowing me to do some waffle and chat with you this morning. It's been beautiful. (laughs) 